Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show. My name is Chetto. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. My special guest is K.O., Originally hailing from St. Lucia, I met him several years ago, and he just released his latest record, Winter in St. Lucia, which he feels is one of his most cohesive projects. We talked about his journey, the struggle with selfishness, and why almost after a decade, he is not slowing down. KO on the Come Up Show podcast, let's go. Please introduce yourself. <laughs> yes, 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 world. It's your boy, KO. Lucia, we lodge. Living past 25, not supposed to feel like a miracle. How do we get to this scarier time? It is critical. It's so much deep and spiritual. I hope that they see what we see and do. Lord, I hear the devil knocking in my door. I hear my feeling calling for my soul. When will this man say, Lord, let me know? What's good, bro? Welcome to the Come Up Show. Thank you, man. Once it's again. Blast. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah. You, you are back. Yeah, man. Where Feels you, good. Where are you back from? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where'd you go? Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. But it's just good to be back here with the Come Up Show, man. Like, you yeah, guys have man. been holding me down from jump. Mm. From that time we met, um, when you, when we did paintballing with class. Yeah, with I mean, class from that moment to, like, yeah. it's just all been love. So, yeah, man, it's good to be back. You're so lucky you had Classified then to, to ask he was like, you know, I have this funny thing where if people suggest me who to interview, I don't want to interview them. It's like, fair no. enough. Fair enough. I kind of have, I feel the same way about like, it's like features. being, huh? I feel the same way about features. It's like, yeah, you should work with this guy. You should work with yeah. this guy. I'm like, you want that organic feeling yeah, a little bit. Exactly. Right? Like, you want that natural feeling, but obviously classify being the homie and somebody that I respect and somebody that I, you know, obviously I'm going to look out for. So, yeah. Uh, for the people who don't know who are listening to this conversation is uh how when when was this? Like what this year would have was been this? 2010. Okay, wow. So yeah. 2010 uh classified does is touring a uh, a Canadian tour? Yeah, it was for Handshakes and Middle Fingers. It was the my album. cross country tour. Hand- Handshakes yeah. and Middle Fingers and was uh the Half-Life crew. Yep. Yourself? Myself. Kids Mike in the Hall. Kids in the Hall. <laughs> oh man, shout out knowledge for real. Uh, and then, uh, so, cause, uh, as I was saying that, uh, you know, I interviewed classified so many times by then mm. that I was like, yo, I need to do something different. And we were able to get a whole paint, paint, paintball company, like field, mm-hmm. rent it out. We rented out <laughs> the whole spot Crazy for like five hours. And it was classified's team versus Mike Boyd's team, Mike Boyd being his brother. 
And which team were you on? Man, I can't remember at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, did you guys win or lose? Do you remember that? I can't even remember. It was my first time like paintballing, so I was paintballing. just I was just hype off the fact. I that remember I was there out was there a team, paintball. maybe a classified team, and maybe classified can correct us. Somebody was losing so bad <laughs> that one of the professional guys that had worked there, in. he had to come in. Come in. He had the gun that shot like thirty paintballs per second, Jeez. and he took out like seventy of you guys. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That now that you say that, you I guys think that was Mike Boyd's team. <laughs> Yeah, you were Mike Boyd's team. Okay, yeah. yeah. We were Mike you guys Boyd's were assassinated yeah. in like two seconds. I'm like, what did this guy just do? Yeah, bro, shit got real. It was really bad. <laughs> Good times, though. And then after that, you know, the, we're dropped off at the the, the venue, London mm-hmm. Music Hall. And then, you know, I'm, you know, everybody's about to freshen up. I'm about to go home, take a shower. And Classified is like, yo, um, my artist, K.O., if you don't know about him, can you please, like, can you check him out and interview him if you can? I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. Went home. Didn't know nothing about your music. Googled you. Google Googled you. Did the YouTubes. Yeah. Came back, and then what? What was I asking you? Like your it deepest was, darkest secrets or something like that? It was a good interview though. <laughs> it was a really good interview. I remember that man. That was like you were shocked. I wasn't shocked. I wasn't like, impressed. Whoa. I was impressed at okay. how quickly you got that together, bro. It felt yeah. like you know you you knew me from from times. So mm. Yeah, man. So that's how that's how far back we go. Yeah, 2010. And Eight years now. 2018. Jeez. And uh, and you have a new record. Yep. Called Winter in St. Lucia. Winter in St. Lucia. Yeah. Um, how you feeling, man? About this whole this round of <sighs> it's you know, been good. You're promoting. You're out. <laughs> we're out doing the press. We're doing, doing the shows. The press. You know, we're on the run again. And yeah. Honestly, man, like I think last time I was here, last yeah. time I was here, we were talking about. Um. My last project. We were talking about like my last project and how at that time I felt that like I finally got it right. You know, I finally figured out my formula and this is like the best representation of me. That was nowhere, I believe, at that time. Mm. And it's just funny to look back on the moments because to, I can't even listen to nowhere right now. I can't. I, I feel such a way about it, right? And winter in St. Lucia, now, I know I said it before, but something just really clicked for me this year. Not this year, but last year, I think. Something really just clicked. And uh, I think this project is that balance, that that cohesion that I was looking for for such a long time. Well, what was wrong with Nowhere? It was just, it was one-dimensional. That's how I feel mm. about Nowhere. I feel like Nowhere was one-dimensional. And because of that, uh, there was a lot of pressure that was put on me from outside forces, but also pressure I put on myself to almost replicate that energy when I should have just been continuing to go with the flow. And like that same sort of vibe that got me to create those songs at that point in time, I just had, I trusted that at the time and I just needed to continue to trust the process. And uh, one of my, like, one of my greatest, I guess, blessings and curses is my versatility. So I've always had an issue with how do I sort of hone in everything, the the rap side, the, the R&B side, the reggae side, but even just the subject matter that comes with all of that. And again, I feel like with Winter in St. Lucia, we got it. We figured it out. Mm. We locked in and we have a cohesive so body of work. If I was to guess with Nowhere, with songs like Bakara and mm-hmm. uh, Nagato, and like you're talking about the trappy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At that time, I trendy. remember Cardi called it yeah. um, um, Trap Hall. 
That's trap hall. Yeah, he was like, y'all are into a new, y'all are onto a new sound. Yeah, you call it trap hall. I remember it was like mm -hmm. when we did Nagato that he can't that he said that, and that always resonated with me, and it's something that I, I always kept in mind. But it was just there was more to me than that. You know, there's more to me than just what we had on nowhere. And when you're talking about the outside pressures, mm -hmm. you're talking about the record label stuff, or <clears throat> what are we talking about? I mean, a lot of industry stuff. You know, yeah. um, I was under a lot of pressure from. From my management, I was under a lot of pressure from my friends. Just a lot of these these uh, influences or these outside factors that I let influence me, I guess. But again, when something clicked is when I decided, not when I decided, but when I, I really took responsibility for the things that were happening around me. And I think there was a disconnect with a lot of these elements around me, but that disconnect was there as a result of me not effectively painting that picture for them. Mm. Like, it's my vision, you know what I mean? And I'm the only one that's really going to put it, make it, bring it into fruition the way that it's supposed to or the way that I can see it happen. And I can't expect anyone, not management, not a producer, not a song, nothing like that to do that for me. So it wasn't until I sort of, you know, locked in and, and made that decision for myself and really started to, you know, take the driver's seat that I think things started to change. Mm. And, uh... Because you're you're what? How many years into this are you that you can still have these? You can still be influenced that way. You could still. Yeah. Um. It's because I don't know what, it, like we as artists are just you know, we're we're emotional, empathetic people. So those things those things resonate with us in a real way. I I think I, I think I um. You know, I feel things a little differently sometimes to people. And as a result of that, like the things that you wouldn't expect to influence me or, or wouldn't expect to affect me the way that it affects me, it does. And I just, you know, I also process it differently. It's all of those different things mm. that, uh, you know, sometimes it's just, sometimes you just got to go through it, bro. Sometimes you just have to have that 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 epiphany, if you will, uh, that moment of, of clarity that takes you, you know, on the next journey that you got to go on. And who knows how long that path will be there. You just got to sort of, you know, be open to it. I say this a lot, but oh, sorry. Go for when it. you say when you say you process things differently, because I I hear things like artists are sensitive. Yeah, you know that kind of thing, which I think is true. I think it's what makes us artists. You know, what I mean, it's what makes us able to to tap into those different vibrations. I think that like we're all sort of vessels. You know, we're all just vessels, and and then we sort of channel channel different vibes and different energies through through us as vessels um, and us as artists is, is our responsibility. It has been for a very long time, you know what I mean, almost since the dawn of time to, to be, you know, the ones that bring the message to the people. Like music, I think, is like a universal language. It's a universal language that us as artists are like, you know, the ones translating it for everybody. Mm. So what vibes, what energy did you challenge in this album, Winter in St. Lucia? Um, so I went back to St. Lucia last year for like three months. It was like six weeks on and I came back to Toronto for like three weeks and then I went back for another six weeks. Within those, within that three months in total, a lot had, you know, a lot had gone on in my life. A lot of uh, things had sort of changed. I was going through a lot of, uh, you know, personal issues. I was going through a lot with my family while I was still, you know, being an artist and still grinding and still working and doing all these things and a lot of amazing things were happening around me. So it was just sort of being able to deal with all of those things while processing all of those things. And I just, 
it wasn't until I came back from that trip that I was able to sit back and and take it all in and and use that as inspiration, if you will, to just lock in and you know just do what what I always do or what I think I was here to do is just take those emotions, take all of those things that those experiences and translate that into music. So I just locked in. Uh, I recorded, uh, I was here in Toronto recording with Attic. Uh, yeah, Attic, Eric Attic. Um, I went to sing, I went to Halifax for a second. I did the Solstice thing out there. Uh, Solstice is sort of like an unplugged event series that I've been working on, if you will. I did it in St. Lucia, I did it in Halifax. I hope to do it here in Toronto as well. And just, you know, gathering vibes from all of these different places, recording, collaborating, that kind of thing. And I knew the beginning of the, the beginning of this year, I wanted to put out a project. I didn't know what it was going to be called. I didn't know that it was going to be like winter in St. Lucia, but I knew I wanted to put out a project. Uh, we had recorded so much music, not only that year, but during the course of the, the few years that had passed that I hadn't really been putting out much music, we had accumulated a vast catalog of music. So I was able to take a lot of those, you know, important pieces from each year or each of those recording sessions and tell a story, if you will, based on the the emotions or, or the ride, the emotional roller coaster that I went through just being in St. Lucia for them three months. Mm. So uh, you, you're you're lucky to have to be to have a place to go home, right? To call home, like Saint Lucia. Yeah, it, it's crazy sometimes that uh, I don't even know which place to call home at times because we, I guess, I'm traveling so much. But Saint Lucia is is for sure home, and, and it's crazy that I always I'm able to take that a little piece of home with me, take yeah. that back with me every time I go. Well, what does it do for you, for your for you in terms of your health, maybe your mental health, like? <laughs> It's like what a if, restart. What if, what if you were just stuck every in time? Every time. Every time. It's like a restart. It's like a recalibration, if you will. A reminder. A reminder. Yeah. Is it? It really is. It really is. Because when I go home, I'm I'm back home. You know what I mean? I'm at my parents' home. I'm taking my niece to school. I'm I'm connecting with my old friends and, and all those things not only keep me grounded, but they keep me inspired and they keep me motivated because I get to just just feel all those vibes, you know what I mean, and take that with me. It's necessary. It's necessary, especially with family. I think I think that more than anything is really important to me to be able to connect with family the way that I am now. Mm. Uh, even growing up while I was there, man, like it's it's crazy how you never really appreciate things until you leave it, or until it's no longer an option. And it's not until I left St. Lucia that I started to really appreciate it a little bit more and what, appreciate that. What were you that, appreciating about St. Lucia? The culture, okay. definitely the culture. Um, the the culture, the upbringing. What what things about the culture? For example, mm -hmm. uh, when I came to school in St. Lucia, when I went to school at um, St. Mary's University in Halifax, Halifax, I noticed that all the kids that were just turning 19 are wiling out. They're wiling out as soon as they turn 19. In Halifax. In Halifax. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why is this happening when, you know, drinking has been something that I've been familiar with since I was, what, 12, 14 years old, you know what I mean? Because culturally, there isn't that kind of drinking age thing in St. Lucia. Mm -hmm. And I find that, uh, in addition to a number of other things, like our education system is a little different, I feel like those things prepared us uh, for the, out <laughs> the outside world. Those things prepared us for life a little a little more. We're just a little bit more equipped for when we're put in those type of situations. So I wasn't, I wasn't ever taken, like... I never took, I would never abuse drinking, 
kind of thing because it was something that I was already accustomed to, if mm. you will. Um, our education, like because it's like from the British system, if you will, that sort of prepared me for university a little better than I think had I gone elsewhere. Just those kind of things, you know what I mean? Um, but just the vibe in general, the 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 energy, the the vibration, the rhythm that we inherently have in us mm. that you could hear in the music, you could feel in the music. Those things, I think, are priceless and what has made me me, really. Was there in a track that you were speaking to your mom is like the one thing I wish you taught me, <laughs> Patois? Yep. I still wish she taught me That's a the one thing? Creole. You I missed? She taught me a little bit of Creole because I feel like I'd have so much more to give. Oh, it's like mom. sprinkling it in there. Yeah. <laughs> What happened? How did you how did you miss it? Um what like tell tell me about it. Okay, so I guess Creole yeah. or, or Patois in Saint Lucia yeah. uh generationally had started to become well no, it had always been seen or perceived as like the language of the slaves, if you will. Or or it was like a lesser language and, and they really pushed the Queen's English on us. So, um, you know, as time passed on, it kind of got that st- non stigma to it, you if you will, or it's like only, you know, uneducated or illiterate people that still speak Creole and kind of thing. So it was shunned a little bit. But now you realize um, that we're losing it and they're trying to bring it back. They're trying to put it into our education system and have it in our schools so that kids growing up now could still understand it and learn it and teach it so it's not a dying language. So I was just stuck, you know, in that little that little mix there. Where And my mom always used to use it so she could talk about me or tell, say things in the house that I didn't understand. Ah. You know, well, I should have picked up, but it's all good. It's not too late. I feel like it's not too late. I could, you know, teach Tor- myself. Toronto's a good place, no? So my friends could start making fun of me. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, man. That's funny. <laughs> um... Yeah, so the new album is uh, has been out, yeah. Winter in Saint Lucia, yeah. and uh, you're you're saying like you're you're it's cohesive, cohesive. I think it's cohesive, even with um, the story that I was trying to tell. It wasn't necessarily like a, a literal story, but sort of a symbolic story with all the different emotions. So, like the first three, the first three records on the song on the album, um, at my door, choke and rose. If you notice sonically they sort of pick up where records like Baccarat and Nagato left off. And there's a reason for that, because like every time I go home, one of the first things I do is I go ancillary, and I check Infinite, and we reason, and he really sort of like just catches me up on the things that are happening, you know, on, 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 this, on the ground level, in the streets of St. Lucia. Like, he puts me up on game, you know what I mean? And you can't help but notice... Uh, Who puts you on game? Infinite. He's oh, in, okay. he's in uh, Baccarat. He's on okay. Baccarat with me. You can't help but notice, like, there's still a, a, a hunger, there's still an aggression, and there's still a frustration in the people in St. Lucia because of a lot of the things that are going on, you know, whether it be the economy, whether it be frustrations with the government, or just, you know, in general, life things that are, that are putting sort of a dark cloud on our people. Mm-hmm. So it starts like that, and then it goes to records like Reckless, So Cold, that... In the midst of all of that darkness, it's sort of, you sit back and you realize that you're still in one of the most beautiful places in the world, so why not celebrate that? Why not embrace that? Those two records are sort of my ode to that. Then it gets a little bit more reflective, if you will, for the second half of the album. Um, A little bit more introspective with records like Somewhere, 
uh, Love, Hate, Repeat, High Score. Uh, Mad Now is sort of that bring you back up to the climax, if you will, sort of celebrate. It's coming to the close to the end of the trip. And then Winter in St. Lucia is like the title track that sums the entire story up. So not only is like the songs sort of tell a story, but also just the emotions that it takes you through or the exact thing that I went through on that trip. Mm. What's a uh, love-hate repeat about? <laughs> it's something that we all go through, I think, where we uh, we get caught up in that, we're trapped in that cycle of love-hate repeat. Uh, it's a story that I wanted to write uh, there's two sides to it in a way where I wanted to write it uh, in rewind like how Nas did back in the day and I also wanted to tell that story of love, hate, repeat where we sort of like just continually go in this cycle where there's a line in it where I say um, it's funny because she all it's funny because she knew just who I was from the start so she never opens that door because she knew where it's funny because we're always going to be who we are so she never opens that door because she knew who I was from the start it's like two people meet one is cheating on whoever, they get together after that thing breaks up, and then whoever cheats on whoever, and it's like, you didn't expect that to happen, that's how y'all met in the first place. And it's just one of those things that, unfortunately, I've been a victim of and a culprit of at the same time. And also, when I was in St. Lucia, uh, I really sadly noticed how much we're in like an era of infidelity, and everyone is just out here living their best lives apparently <laughs> you know is that is that a 2018 thing or is as time goes by or is that a cultural thing um i think i think that it's a cultural thing that has gotten worse as time has gone by i think our fathers and our grandfathers and our great grandfathers had three four five different women with three, four different kids going on and just culturally us men were dogs. And now the women are up on our game and they're taking matters in their own hands and now they're almost, they're just as bad, if not worse, <laughs> than than us guys is, is what I think has happened culturally and generationally. Hmm. Just sad because it's like, it's uh, like a generation of women have have said, I've had enough, and I'm going to fight fire with fire. But it's like, aren't we just perpetuating the problem? Oh, well, what can we do? Hopefully we'll find good ones out there. I'll find me a wife or something, <laughs> right? Shit. Raising your fist? Yeah, just checking Snoop there. <laughs> yeah, bro. Life. Winter in St. Lucia is about life. It's, it's something that I think people can there's something in there for everybody yeah mm -hmm. definitely like real life you know me bro my music has always been uh if not if not personal um very relatable it's always been something that you could just you know pick those little gems up from real life because it's, it's how i cope it's how i it's, it's therapy for me just as much as it is for the mm. next guy how how are you doing energy wise because the last time <laughs> that, uh we talked yeah uh with you and quake yeah. You know, we were, you know, you going through the motions. Mm -hmm. I was as well. We were all, we're all, we were all going like through just, it. We're all going. Through it was it. just like struggles and challenges and rough patches or whatever. Yeah. And um, and uh, I'm wondering how how you're doing now because you've been through it all, Ko. Right. Man, there's still much more to go through. That's the thing with life, you know. Like you, you Not think done. you're, you yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's um, it's just the 
journey is just as important as the destination. So all them things that we're going through, I feel like we're going through it for a reason. Like last time we spoke, all that, all those things that I was going through at that time are stepping stones that got me right back, sitting right here with you to be able to have this conversation. And I think like all of those things, I don't believe anything, I, I don't believe that anything that happens wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, here we are. We're here for a reason, bro. I yeah. didn't know I was making Winter in St. Lucia, but we got an album called Winter in St. Lucia. It's out. It's out. Um, because, yeah, because, like, you know, if people don't know, you went from St. Lucia to St. Mary's and Halifax University mm-hmm. to pursue school. Mm-hmm. You, made st- you made music. You were making music already in St. Yeah. Lucia before that. Yeah. You were making, you know, getting involved in the hip-hop scene in Halifax. Mm-hmm. Classified got a hold of you. Quake with Littles. Yeah. Then Littles introduced me to Quake. Yeah. And then from working with Quake, I got introduced to class and then yeah. you know, everything from there. And then class what took you on the road or? class took me on the road. Yeah. Um I I sort of adopted his infrastructure. So I was managed by Black Box, booked by Furman and Associates, and I was signed to his label Half Life at the time. And through that situation, we got a deal with EMI Music Canada, which mm-hmm. then got acquired by Universal Music Canada. Then we then left that deal because all the staff that was assigned to my project sort of got left let go and that was you know like I'm a very energy driven person so I signed there for that sole reason because I felt the vibe there and the vibe was completely different when everything switched up so we had a clause in our contract which, which allowed me to be able to leave Scotch Free we took it been independent ever since mm. uh, we did the Slave album the Slave EP Serenity Lives Around Virtuous Energy through that we toured uh, with Charlie Tuna uh, before that was the Escape Movement with, with and then we toured with Snoop Dogg, Nowhere. And then we did the record with Cardinal. Then we did uh, Lost and Found with Quake, 2016. Mm-hmm. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. That was just a little short timeline. When you were doing new that, listeners. When you were signed with that e- EMI label, you did mm-hmm. a single called One Night? One Night, yes. Uh, which was like a pop. Yeah, which in theory... I like because it was sort of like a sugar in the medicine approach yeah. where the, the subject matter was something of, of substance, mm-hmm. but, the you know, it was a pop record. Mm-hmm. Um, but Similar yeah. to like Kendrick Swimpool, like drank, like... Yeah, but less effectively executed. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kendrick did a much better job <laughs> at the whole uh, candy in the medicine approach than I did at the time. So, yeah. We are just talking about that record, too, in the car on the way yeah, there. yeah. yeah. Uh, did you feel like that which record was true to who you were or were you like playing with the rep, you know how major labels like make a radio song and we'll put it on the radio uh, there was definitely pressure to make a radio song yeah um, but I think even at the time when I made One Night I thought that it was a perfect representation of who I was because you know I made it I just felt that way um, but again I think I was still growing still going through the motions and one thing about that period of time with my situation in class, with class, and this is no, this is by no means no shot at class, but I think in that situation, uh, I just sort of became a chameleon, if you will. I found my way in through his sound, um, but it still wasn't my sound yet. You know what I mean? It was, it was KO on classified beats. And it was different because you hadn't heard someone like me on classified beats before, but it was still classified beats. Um, and that, again, is 
you know, part of the journey. I think like eventually I had to figure it out. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That that's that's dope. And then uh, and now we're here. And now we're here. Now we're here. Yeah. Now we're here. Yogi is still the man. He produced eighty percent of the record. Uh, he also executive produced uh, the album with me. So I think that was really key. That was very instrumental. That has been very instrumental, rather, in finding my sound and finding you know who. K.O. is and what he sounds like. Yogi you know the mean? producer. Yogi the producer. Yeah. Who's They're also th- a chameleon too. Who's also, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He, who, if people don't know, who has he produced for? Uh, he's produced for Keisha Shante. He's produced for uh, Carnal Official. He produces for Savannah Ray. Sean Leon, right? Sean Leon. Yeah. Um, man, and the list goes on. He made that winner song for Cardi, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. He produces that he's as like, well. like, yo, this is you, bro. I know, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. Uh, Shout out Yogi. There are other producers on there. I got to mention the other producers too. I just, you know, Yogi's yeah, the ahead. homie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Eric Gordon also produced uh, two records on there. He produced High Score. He produced uh, Somewhere. Uh, Jordan Ross co-produced Reckless with Yogi and Eric Gordon. And Snoop, mm. my dog Snoop, even got a, a co-production credit with Choke on the album. Mm. Okay, so I'm gonna pull up some uh, deep tweets from your from uh, oh. from your from your your Twitter profile. Oh boy! Let me yeah. see if you're being fake deep or not. Oh boy! Okay, you ready? Yeah, <laughs> I've learned to not tweet while drunk now. By the way, you just learned this now. <laughs> it took me a while. It took you. It took me a while, but I no longer tweet drunk. I just save them in drafts and then look at them in the morning and see, you know, which K was out last night. <laughs> Is that a temptation? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Just to get those thoughts out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like sometimes it's like a dope lyric or a line or something that someone said that I heard. I'm like, whoa, that's that's Let me get it out there so so I can refer back publicly tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, one of the tweets is, I can be so selfish sometimes. I'm really working on it, though. That's true, though. It's true. Tell me about that. You know, I I just where does the selfishness come from? Is it from like you're an artist, you want to dominate, take over the world, and be that? Is that where it's from, or is it maybe more more than that? Maybe you know maybe what? Let me not give you excuses. <laughs> Let me not, you know. Man, maybe it's that. Maybe it's because yeah. I'm the youngest of uh, of five kids. Um, I don't know. I just. I know that I can be selfish sometimes, and it's 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 the certain situations in which that selfishness comes out mm. that uh, you know that wor- not worries me, but it makes me think about myself or, mm. or think within myself. You probably use the artistry as an excuse for your selfishness, and that's just it. It's like I make a lot of decisions that are based solely on me. Like I gotta go, I have a mission, and anything that veers off of that is like peace. I'm out. I want no part of it. And, you know, yeah, I, <laughs> that tweet was uh, inspired by, like, recent events, too, that I can't talk about on this. But, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. <laughs> it's just one of those things. I can be selfish sometimes. Mm. Uh, and that selfishness has gotten me in trouble with a lot of, like, my close friends, like my real close friends that I consider brothers. And that's what has made me more mindful of it. And I think I think we're all selfish. I think we're all, like... Like, what am I trying to say? Instinctively, we all just want to survive. And and that sense of preservation makes us want to put ourselves first. And that's okay. But it's also, you just have to be aware of it and, and, Mm. you know. 
Because you can alienate yourself and be really lonely on this journey, right? Yes. And I do find that traveling a lot, that's that's tough because it doesn't give me the opportunity. Like when I'm a place for like six weeks at a time and then I'm out, it's like it doesn't really give me the opportunity to, to form or maintain meaningful connections or relationships with people. It's tough. It's like you have to get used to saying goodbye to people. And, and they continue with their lives and, and you're going on to, to do whatever else you're doing. But that can, that could, it could be tough sometimes and it could make you feel pretty alone on this journey. Not necessarily lonely, but, you know, pretty alone. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. Mm. That's some notes that I was going to say too. It was in the back of my mind. It's just like, I'll find it. <laughs> I'll grab it. <laughs> uh kept my solitude protected i chose to be myself no, instead of being be accepted. accepted that's my dog smalls that's his line it's on uh too much it's one of his records yeah mm-hmm. so you were just quoting do you I was just obviously quoting connect smalls. with that though yeah yeah absolutely and again it was sort of based on that situation that inspired uh the prior tweets about that i could be selfish and that i'm working on it mm. And this winter in St. Lucia, you said it was for me, but the next one is for you. What does that mean? And it's funny how each of those tweets sort of like, you know, coincide with each other. But winter in St. Lucia was pretty selfish. Um, When I think about it, it was for me. It was uh, something that I used for therapy. I took a lot of of the... I took a lot of the, the heartache. I took a lot of those trials and tribulations that I was going through and and turned it into something that can be celebrated and and that I'm now exploiting in a way. And uh, yeah, it was definitely... That's something that uh, people have to uh, be aware of if they have an artist in their life. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever conversation experience can be on record. I saw a meme yesterday or a gif yesterday of like, uh, you know, rappers... when rappers are recording your phone calls, be like, you know, the conversation you're having with a rapper. Oh, yeah. The they keep you recording notes. that for a voice note, oh, for a voicemail note? or yeah, whatever. I keep them on deck, like Drake's bro. Marvin Room or something like that. Like I keep the voice notes on deck. You I'm keep sorry. them on deck, right? But I do. Like, life imitates art, bro. So, yeah. all everything, everything that happens, everything is, is up for grabs. Nothing's safe. <laughs> Nothing is sacred. I'm joking. Yeah. Beware if you have a friend that's But that's the thing. It's a thin line, too. And in St. Lucia, it's really trippy because St. Lucia is a very small place. And with an album as personal as as Winter in St. Lucia, there are lines that people can, like, directly reference and be like, but wait. They could put, like, two and two together. You know what I mean? Like, I had people hit me up when I just put out the album um, that they were in, like, group chats, breaking down lyrics and stuff like that. It's like, these are my friends mm. that can relate directly. It's sort of like when Drake when Drake came out. It's sort of like when Drake came out and he was repping Toronto in such a real way that he was mentioning these streets and he was mentioning these people by names and these restaurants and all this and really painting that picture. It's sort of the same thing in St. Lucia for people that are from and live in St. Lucia. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a thin line, man, because because of that, I know I shouldn't, I know I don't have to, but I am very mindful of of what I say and how I say it, especially in interviews now, because like there there's situations in the album that I talk about that were a year ago and, and we have all sort of moved on past those situations, but because it's now immortalized in the music, 
you we relive it every time we listen mm. to it. You know? And then you're on a promo run. <laughs> and I'm on a promo run. So I've uh, actually I've gotten a lot better the more the longer this run has been with uh, uh how much to talk about, if you will. Um I'm really careful about Yo, hold on. Oversharing. You're, not, you're not being media trainer. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's just a matter that, of respect. I'm sorry. We've got to stop this interview if that's like, if no, I'm getting PR KO. No, you're not getting PR KO. Okay. It's just, uh, you know, I just want to, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> just shoot myself in the foot. But nah, bro, it's just, I just, you know, there are people out there that, that I, I care. I respect I want it. To, I want to respect that. Exactly. KO, what keeps you going, man? Because you've been doing this for, for how long now? There are ups, the downs, all these journeys. What is still keeping you in this? Last year, I remember I was telling Snoop that I was thinking about quitting. I was done. You were telling Snoop Dogg? Not Snoop Dogg, like okay. Snoop Dogg, like my okay. brother Snoop, like okay. my homie. Because I know, obviously, you toured with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah. You were smoking joints with him, too, so I know that. I wish I could just, you know, yeah. hit homie up on the phone. Yeah. But yeah. I was talking to Snoop about it. Um, I was thinking about quitting. And I think what changed that was when the momentum switched, when things started to pick up. But also, it's just like, when I thought about it, bro, like, I don't think... I would be me if I wasn't doing this. Like this has been, this is a part of who I am at this point. And I think it's much more than just the money for me. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like we're all here for some particular reason. Like we're all, we all have some particular part to play in all of this. And I'm just playing my part and I have to continue to do that. And I believe that whatever is out there for me is out there for me and the stars will align. It's got to keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going, bro. No matter yeah. how hard it is. No matter how hard it how gets. How painful it is. How painful it gets. How many times you have to, like, sleep on your homie's couch. Any of that, bro. It's, it's just because, one, high risk, high reward. And two, I think this is genuinely what I was put here to do. And it'll it'll pan out. Mm. Definitely. Oh, I, you know, I believe in you, right? Yeah, I've absolutely. I've been believing in you. Absolutely. You know that, right? Yeah, man. And, and your talent and your music. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, that's the thing about music, though. Like, there isn't, like, yo, a check mark, like, yo, next year you're going to blow up. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. And I, I thought about that a lot, too. Yeah. Especially, like, age and all that. Like, man, I was looking at like, all these new rappers that are coming out. and They're so young. They're so young. Yeah. The, the climate has changed dramatically. Yeah. But I don't think any of that matters. I think we just all got to find our lane. And the, the problem with a lot of... A lot of us, me included, because I've been through that, is I look at all of these things that happen on the outside with all these other artists, and I think, like, yo, why why isn't it popping off for me yet? You know, especially with social media, all these things. You see what people are doing in real time, but they only show you sort of the, the bright side of things. I think that none of that matters because there's a lane for any for all of us. And once you're in your lane and you found what you got to do, you found your voice and you found how to use it and you found what you're here to use it for, then none of that, none of that shit out there matters. Just look, just tunnel vision, bro. Just keep going. Just do what you got to do and do it to the best of your ability. You are your only competition. As far as like my goal is always to be better than the last thing I did. Absolutely. And that's what keeps me going. Keep going. Yeah, bro. And uh, and and the thing is, I mean, is, the same goes with you, Chetto. Like I've seen you from the the ground up with this. You know what I mean? From the mm. get go to where we are right now, and and that's a result of the fact that you kept going. Mm. You know, one thing I, I I look at is the leg the legacy. You know how we have all these legends passing away. 
Yeah. Right. And we look, everybody goes to their body of work. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm thinking about these interviews. Yeah. Right. There you go. It's like, there you go. It's a story being told and you're still writing it. That's yeah. how I look at these projects as well. Like there's a story being told with each project. You could see, you could see the Because when you're gone, that's, gonna, that's there forever. That's what we love. Up with. there. Yeah. That's our legacy. Right? Yeah. Okay. And, um, uh, What's what's currently inspiring you? And this is anything. Like, it doesn't have to be only music. What's currently inspiring KO? The same thing. Just conversations. Just, just linking and, and interacting with people. That's still what inspires me the most. I have to admit, though, that I haven't had a, a chance to sit down and write, like, in a minute. So I've just been compiling all these, mm. these thoughts and these ideas and these different things and... I'm, I'm like I'm now understanding how these cycles work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you got the album cycle, you're recording for months, and then you're doing the press, and then you're doing the touring, and all that stuff. Uh, so there's a lot of things percolating that I can't wait to be able to lock in, and you know, channel again. Mm. Yeah, exciting, man. Bro. It is. It is. Life is exciting. Life is exciting because life is inspiring. Life so Ko, uh, you know, uh, I want you to. Spit a little something, something from the record or whatever is. Okay. I'm going to put you. you on. I got you. I whatever. Got you. Whatever you're feeling like. Go. All right. So um, the next album is called Permanent Vacation. Permanent Vacation. It's already done and it's sort of like whereas whereas Winter in St. Lucia was the, the reflection of things, mm -hmm. Permanent Vacation is going to be the celebration of things. You feel me? So with that being said. Is it really real when you feel like your life's a permanent vacation, spent three months on an island for meditation? That what you call it? As I stare in the mirror, seeing it clearer, I look around and realize I'm high by myself, and I like that. Ride around, fly by myself, I'm just here for that nightcap. Shorty praying, I write back, nah. Flight in the morning, three days, just a light pack. Out of killing these rappers, and I ain't even like rap. Take it to the moon, she like me and she like black. Mixing the elixir, that's quite facts. Don't let me get sidetracked. Still gotta get world boss to ride back. Probably hit her up on my flight back. So is it really real when you feel like your life's a permanent vacation? Spent three months on an island for meditation. What a trip. What a rip. One way or the other, I'm always on the trip. To ride this wave, might need a tougher shit. Yeah. That's it, that's it. KO! <laughs> Come up show! Yes, yes. Full Anyth circle, bro, we back. Anything back. else that you want to say to the listeners out there, my G? Uh, just, you know, those that have been on this ride with me from the get-go, thank you very much for the continued support. Uh, those that are just sort of onto the wave, better late than never, welcome. And, uh, yeah, man, just follow the ride, follow the wave. Winter in St. Lucia, out right now. Yo, what did you guys think of my interview with KO on the Come Up Show podcast? Yo, we are on Spotify. If you're on Spotify, make sure you search The Come Up Show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you haven't given us a five-star rating and review, how come? The link is in the description. You can just do it with a click of a button. I truly appreciate it. It's your boy Chetto. Peace. Peace.